Welcome back to Science In From Home, a podcast from the UIC Las Ganas program. I'm Veronica Ariola, Program Director of Las Ganas, or Latinos Gaining Access to Networks for Advancement in Science. One of our research mentors, Dr. Marina Del Rios, was the first person in Chicago to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. This week, we return to hybrid classes, and it's become easier for undergraduates to return to the lab. But if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that some of our fellows have never really left the lab. So while the pandemic has definitely impacted the way we work, the way we learn, and how we science, I am so proud of how Las Ganas Fellows and UIC undergraduates have contributed to UIC's research agenda throughout. Today we hear from Eddie, who has continued to do his research throughout the pandemic and trains new lab members, no matter their level. Honestly, this is one of my favorite aspects of lab culture. Once you master a technique, you get to teach new lab mates, whether they're postdocs or a sophomore. So let's get right to Eddie. Welcome to Sciencing from Home. This week we're talking to Eddie. Eddie, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the research you've been doing? Sure. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Eddie, and I am a recent undergraduate graduate from the University of Illinois at Chicago, otherwise known as UIC for many people. And um, I have been doing research for my particular lab for over a year and a half now. And the main focus of our lab is lysosomes and specifically just trying to figure out the mechanisms underlying the formation and the function of these lysosomes in different parts of the neuron, which is a specific uh, cell in the body, which is particularly only located in the brain. We're also trying to figure out the mechanisms underlying the dysfunction of lysosomes and how this affects like certain neurological disorders and diseases such as Alzheimer's disease, which is what we predominantly focus on, as well as just uh, mechanisms underlying lysosomal dysfunction in specific spastic paraplegia, which is basically another onset of neurological disorders that um, hinder certain parts of your motor movements, such as like your your lower limbs, upper limbs, if it gets too um, advanced in the neurological disorder stages. Awesome. Thanks. And congratulations. You just graduated. Thank you. Yes. Um, so what attracted you to this project? So uh, when I was first looking into um, joining a lab, I had not had any prior experiences with labs. And um, the only type of experience with like biology or science I've had were like just two basic introductory bio courses that I had taken for my major. So I was just um, browsing around and Ultimately, uh, my PI, Dr. Gavishankar, um, was one of the first uh, PIs to reach out to me. And um, I was just thankful for the opportunity to work in a lab. So I, I took it without uh, really knowing much about it, besides certain um, review papers that she had sent out. And after that, it's, it's all history from there. Just enjoyed the time spent in that lab and just like the, the environment, the, the actual science being done. And I just uh, continued on my research path there. So what has been your role on the project? So uh, when I first started, so being how this is my very first research experience, uh, it wasn't too uh, involved. It was just mainly uh, observing the PI herself, um, doing a lot of the experiments. But after like maybe like one or two demonstrations, uh, she would uh, prompt me and the other uh, few undergrads that had joined as well to try out certain parts of experiments, such as um, picking out 
sections of tissue from like little microcentrifuge tubes in order to stain in the future or how to calculate certain uh, volumes and dilution factors for antibodies that we use to try to locate certain proteins in those tissue sections or in certain cells. And that's how it started. But right now, um, as I am the most senior uh, person in the lab, regardless of titles, um, I've actually been helping genotype a lot of the mice that we use for our experiments. So a lot of the mice that we uh, obtain the brains from in section and stain, uh, I'm in charge of those. So like when it comes to like raising them, um, breeding them, weaning them, tagging them, all that um, good stuff when it comes to mouse work. I never expected myself to go into like taking care of the animals or just like involved working with animals. I, I was picturing myself working with the cells or with some type of cell line in that lab, but here we are. I'm not complaining. It's actually really interesting work. Keeps you on your toes because you never know when a litter of pups is going to be born or when you have to like separate the cages or, you know, something happens with the mice. But that's basically what I've been doing for the most part. And um, just recently we acquired a few new undergrads. So I'm excited about that. And I will be in charge of teaching them at the start of January when the spring semester starts. So I'm looking forward to that as well. That's so great. So you just graduate. So that means will you be working full time at the lab in the spring? So at the moment, uh, what I've been doing even before uh, this upcoming semester is I've been working at the lab during the weekdays. So like a Wednesday through Friday type of deal. But I have also been trying to obtain some experience in the field of pharmacy. So I've been working at a pharmacy as well during the weekends and like maybe a Monday or Tuesday. So I'm going to most likely continue that role down for these next couple of months before before uh, stopping in August. Because in August, you're going to start pharmacy school. Yeah, you you could bury the lead there, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm um, excited about that. I'm very excited for you as well. Um, so what, what drew you to pharmacy? Mm, so... Uh, in high school, I actually did not know what I wanted to do. A lot of, I was hearing a lot of people um, state their ideas or like some type of path or, that they had in mind for themselves and me, like it was still like senior year and I did not know. I was just going based off of like the skill sets that I had. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, pr I'm pretty good at math. I'm like, science is interesting to me. I'm not that good at like the writing or, or like reading category of it. So like, you know, lawyer and stuff like that was out the window for me. But um. My first day at UIC was probably like the orientation date. And that is essentially when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a bio major because, you know, science, that's a pretty general science major in my opinion. And um, I started off as a pre-med student, but after doing some type of research uh, and me knowing myself, uh, I like to work behind the scenes to some extent. So pharmacy was something that would allow me not only to be a part of a healthcare team, but also not be like in the spotlight most of the time. It, it would allow me to like go behind the scenes to some extent, but still be able to interact with patients and help them out as much as they need. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how do you feel like you have grown as a scientist throughout your research experience? Okay. Um, 
that like guaranteed growth there i'm not gonna lie uh when i first started uh i was very doubtful not that confident in myself when it comes to like science or research in general uh, i didn't know what to expect i didn't know what um the role would would entail for me but um now looking back i feel like i grew in terms of now i'm able to extract uh, information at a much quicker rate and also just interpret it as okay what's important what's not um just because like someone said something doesn't ultimately make it true that's what I also came down to realize uh when we have journal club at my lab um my PI always asks us okay any critiques and like a lot of the undergrads very unconfident about their answers because they're like who are we to critique like you know professionals but there's always something that you can nitpick or just something that like in your personal opinion, if it didn't make sense, um, you could just bring it up and say, oh, why did they conduct this specific type of experiment or procedure if they were just trying to find like A, B or C. So it's I've grown in that aspect where I can now um, find like not so much faults, but just like I'm more prompted to like think outside the box and not just take everything for face value. And I also feel like my understanding and just like patience with the science and just uh, mentoring in general because I I have taught a few of like my like fellow undergrads and now that I'm going to be in charge of like a supervisor for like the up and coming undergraduates uh, it just helped me I feel like become a little bit more professional in the sense that it's like okay like you know that although they are like around my same age group like I have to I have to act like the bigger person in the lab. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're going to be looking up to me. They, they are probably in the same boat that I was when I first started, not that much experience. They're just going to be like looking at me with puppy eyes, like, okay, what I do or like, what do you need to be done? So I'm going to need, like, I've developed this more proactive um, regimen that I stick to now. So instead of like waiting to be told, it's like, I look around the lab, I'm like, okay, what needs to be done? Uh, what doesn't need to be awesome. done? And that is one of the main ways that I've developed throughout the lab in terms of the science and stuff. That is awesome to hear. I'm so happy. Um, so we are still in the midst of this pandemic and you have talked about how you are handling the mice a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so how has the pandemic impacted your experience in the lab? So uh, when the pandemic first started occurring, so like when, the world started hearing about it like maybe like in January it wasn't much of a deal and so like maybe March when uh UIC and other universities and institutions actually started um closing down just like moving to remote uh learning and remote work uh environments so my lab uh shortly followed that route and we ended up working remotely from like March all the way to like June or July and um it was upsetting to an extent, like there was not much uh, wet lab or like research that could actually be done, but uh, we we stuck it out and we what we would do is just read um, papers that were coming out that were recent that were re uh, relative to what we were doing. And what we took that time to do was just find um, procedures or techniques that we could probably implement into our own lab. And during that time, we also hosted a couple rotation students that brought a lot to the table, uh, a lot of past experiences from other labs that um, we currently utilize now. So like when it comes to like what I do and what I've been doing in the lab, which is genotyping mice, uh, 
we do this technique called PCR, polymerase chain reaction, which basically is used to amplify a certain piece of DNA or the whole genome, depending on what the experiment uh, wants you to do or you're looking for. And the type of D, uh, gel that we use is dependent on how close the DNA fragment is, like let's say uh, the regular gene compared to like the mutated gene. So one of the rotating uh, graduate students helped us develop the, the specific density of gel that allowed us to see the separation between these two very close bands. So um, that was really helpful and really interesting during that part in quarantine. But other than that, yeah, it was um, it was interesting uh, just to be meeting uh, through Zoom, like every like everything else. It was weird not having those in-person meetings or just in-person interactions with one another. But shortly after, when once like um, they started making like regulations or just like putting into place practices for safe distancing and just a safer environment for everyone. Uh, me and like one other undergraduate along with the graduate students has started uh, coming back into lab for a few days, not as much as we used to, like maybe one day out of the week. And that allowed us to continue our wet lab experiments because it, it was sad having to either um, put a stop to like a lot of our cell lines we had to like freeze them down and if not we we had to fix them which it which basically like kills them in a sense but like it freezes like it's like a screenshot it's like whatever state the proteins or the cell was in that in that point in time like that's that's the way it's going to remain forever now and you could do a lot with it you could um you could cut them up like lice them to collect the proteins that were inside if you were interested in that or you could stain them and see if there was a particular protein expre being expressed in that point in time. So that's what we had to do for a lot of the cells, which we did not want to do. We wanted to age them a little bit further, but there's not much we can do when, um, you know, like the whole world was, was in a crisis, still is kind of. Um, but yeah, that's that's been what our experience, ex my experience with COVID has been in the, in the research environment. Awesome, thank you. Um, so, you, you've been in the lab for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, now you have this leadership position. So what lessons have you learned about communicating with your research mentor that you, you'll take to pharmacy school that other students can learn from you in terms of talking to faculty? Okay. Um, so when it came to talking to faculty and just the le lessons that I learned personally from that is um, I had to change my email etiquette in the sense that it's like, okay, like, you know, you're not talking to like one of your friends, one of your buddies, even if you are close to the PI or to the faculty member, it's still like, you know, they, you are going to address them as such. So like, oh, like, hello, uh, doctor, blah, blah, blah. Or like, oh, hello, professor. Like they have a title, like, you know, you might be buddy buddies with them, but at the end of the day, like, you know, they are like above you and like, they're your boss in a sense. So, you know, just respect them. And also just, um, when writing emails, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's like the emails that I've read or like have heard about in the past, like whenever someone's talking to the professor, it's more so like demanding them to do certain things like, oh, can you change my grade? Can you do this? But I feel like if you phrase it in a way, it's like, oh, like, um, like I've been going to your office hours or like I've been seeking help and it's just like not clicking. I'm like, 
so close to like this, but like I still need a little bit more help, you know, with their reapplacer time, just like reaching out to them. And I feel like one of them, like the very most important lesson that I learned is like, it's okay not to know the answer. So like in my head, and I feel like in a lot of people's heads, it's like, oh no, like, you know, we have to know this or like the professor already expects us to know this. So like, we should have already known it. So like, if they get asked in class, like just a rhetorical question, like, oh, does everybody know what's going on? Everybody like is just, automatically prompted was like yes we know yeah even if you're completely lost I was in that mindset in the beginning but now it's more so like no like if I don't know I just I just let them know like I I have no idea what's going on or I just need a little bit more clarification and that way it's a good good way for them to stop like the whole elaborate explanation just um, break down what you don't get and that way if someone else was willing to speak up about it, if they didn't know, you kind of help them out as well. But just admitting to yourself that, no, you don't know what's going on is not always the end of the world. Like that's what their job is for. They're there to mentor you. They're there to teach you. So like, if you don't know something, that's okay. They don't expect you to know everything in the world. Science is an everlasting changing field. Like nothing's going to be set in stone. There's always things being disproven or proven, things being discovered. And like, that's one of the things that I like about science. And that has helped me realize that it's okay not to know the answer. So that's one thing that has helped me and could potentially help the, the students that come later on when it comes to research or even in class. Is there anything else you wanted to share about your experience? Mm. At the moment, in terms of the experience, it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience. And I feel like even if you're one to not like pursue the field of research, I just feel like it's a really good um, way to boost up your your knowledge and just um, just try to see the world for what it is. Like what if like me personally, this is a cell biology lab and I personally was going to go into pharmacy. So that's more of like the biochemistry or like, you know, organic chemistry route but it helped me understand certain uh information that I was learning in other classes and I just feel like it's just very beneficial to one like to someone just going into that research lab just being uh exposed to those type of experiences and environments um you you get to build a really extensive network with the people around you and I feel like that's also one of the best ways to to grow as a person, not only as a student, but also like as an adult and as an individual, especially coming into like the workplace environment, um, you you will get a lot of um, leeway when it comes to like picking your jobs. If you know someone that's already in the company or in the program, um, they can get in a good word for you, or you could just get like some of the insights to that specific thing you want to apply to. So I just feel like if someone is on the fence about whether or not to do research, I would say go for it. Um, and also don't feel trapped and stuck with one lab. It's like, if it's not really working for you, there's endless amount of labs out there, different projects, different um, fields of research. So go ahead and just explore, see what fits, see what doesn't fit. That also helps because if you find out early on in life in a career, like let's say for me, if I found out that I didn't like pharmacy earlier on, that would have been great because I wouldn't have spent all this time and money uh, applying for pharmacy school and doing research for pharmacy but now that um I gained experience in this like in the biology lab I was like okay it's interesting I do like it and um a lot of the mechanisms and stuff like that I realized um could be altered with certain compounds and pharmaceuticals so I'm like oh that might be interesting 
uh, thing to take away from that lab and my PI was also explaining how potentially in the future she might have some work for me after pharmacy school as well if I would like to continue in the lab um, conducting more experiments but this time more pharmacy based experiments and I'm very appreciative of that. That is awesome to hear. Uh, everything you said is exactly what we we hope you all learn and every student learns. So thank you again. Um, and once more, one more time, congratulations on graduation and farm school. And I'm so happy that you're gonna be at UIC so we can continue to follow your career. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie, for spending time with us. It was great catching up with you and good luck in your future studies. A reminder that you can find Las Ganas on Facebook and Twitter at UIC Las Ganas and on Instagram at Las Ganas UIC. You can also find us at lasganas.uic.edu. Las Ganas is funded by the U.S. Department of Education through an HSI STEM Title III Part F grant. All opinions expressed in this podcast are reflective of the speaker, not our funder. Until next time, please keep washing your hands, stay inside, and take care. We really want to see you on campus soon. Peace. Thank you.